Thanks, Laura. You may be seated. How's everybody doing today? All right. Third week of Advent. Come on in. If you're standing in the back, there's plenty of room for you. Go ahead and grab a seat wherever you can. There's some on the front row if you're feeling crazy. Uh, it's a lot like Gallagher, so I might um, smash some watermelon. We'll see. You may get messy, but we have ponchos available for you. My name is Stephen Poor, and I'm one of the uh, co-pastors here. Thanks for laughing at that uh, here at Common Table. And um, I appreciate it when people laugh at my jokes. Um, so if, some, <laughs> if I say something that's intended to be funny, uh, if you would give me a Christmas gift and just do a chuckle, a sympathy chuckle, if you will. Um, like right then was the time that you were supposed <laughs> to do a sympathy chuckle, and you missed it. So um, off to a bad start, congregation. Uh, if you're newer, newer, uh, I want to welcome you especially. Uh, in the front of your seats, you're going to notice that there's a Connect card. We want to help you take next steps in our growing church. And one of the ways that you can do that is by filling out a Connect card and dropping it in the gold dish in the back. And we'll make sure we reach out to you and help you take next steps. Um, while you're filling that out, uh, at this moment, first off, I'm going to invite Casey to come forward. He doesn't know we're doing this, but like we're going to do it. Everyone, this is Casey Klomberg. Um, he, yeah, he is the best, and every single week he spends time forming our VIPs, our young kids, in the way of Jesus. And um, he is just a rock star. He made these amazing Advent devotionals for kids a few weeks back. And I just want to um, clap right now for Casey. And thank him for everything he does and all our kids volunteers. Kids, right now you can follow Casey in the back and get on out of here. Let's clap one more time for our kids as they leave. Um, I want to ask a question. When did the unexpected happen? Uh, maybe it was a friend reconciling with you. Uh, perhaps it was a musician that you were sure without a doubt you were going to despise, but you actually ended up loving the new Taylor Swift album. When is a time that the unexpected happened? Go ahead and turn to your neighbors and share. When is a time when the unexpected happened to you? Maybe it was this week. Maybe it was this month. When is a time that the unexpected happened to you? Go ahead and share. All right. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, when I was a child, I longed for the unexpected. Um, I, like, I don't know. I remember hanging out with my friends and us just kind of sharing with one another, nothing cool ever happens in Richmond. And we would sit there and look up at the clouds and just postulate all the different kinds of unexpected events that could happen. I remember looking up at the sky and being like, maybe a tornado will happen. I don't know why I went to a disaster. I was like, maybe a tornado will happen. Maybe we'll have some mega snowstorm and be out of school for two months. Maybe a UFO might land. Um, this is a weird church. We can talk about that. Um, maybe a new neighbor would move into the neighborhood, or, or maybe the pizza delivery person would have an extra pizza and just Maybe from the generosity of his heart, want to give it to a bunch of neighborhood kids. We always were hoping for the unexpected to happen. Um, the unexpected, it can be invigorating. As y'all were talking to one another, maybe there were some positive, unexpected events that happened in your life. But the unexpected can also be terrifying, can it? 
like when an unexpected angel arrives to tell Mary that she's pregnant, that's terrifying. When you're suddenly told that your father or your mother have a terminal illness, that, that's terrifying. That's heartbreaking, isn't it? When you lose your job right before Christmas, that's injustice. That, that's, that makes you angry. While suffering and pain are real, it seems that the Bible um, has this arc, if you will, of refreshing moments of the unexpected. And the unexpected often leads to the expectation of something different. And that's the Advent problem, promise. You should expect we wait expectantly for an unexpected mother to carry a child. We should expect a child conceived out of wedlock to be the Messiah. We should expect God to offer hospitality to refugees that are fleeing back to Egypt, back to the place that they were liberated from, and they should expect for this place of hostility to all of a sudden be a place of hospice. That's the Advent promise, is that we should expect the unexpected. And the arc of that expectation is goodness for those that faithfully, quietly wait. In other words, we can expect the unexpected when we approach God and our faith. And maybe for you, your faith is really complicated right now. Maybe as you move closer and closer to Christmas, you begin to feel more and more anxiety. And you associate that anxiety with God because Christmas is all about God. Can you expect the unexpected? In our reading today, Isaiah 35, this is an unexpected text. I want to give you a little bit of context about Isaiah. If you read the first 40 chapters of Isaiah, that's considered first Isaiah, okay? This is a text that is written in the context of Babylonian empire taking the Israelites and scattering them amongst the entire empire. And so for the first 40 chapters of Isaiah, it's sad, it's heartbreaking, it's painful, and it is grueling text. That's why if you read in Isaiah 34, just one chapter before our reading today, it is absolutely terrifying. The earth will be a wasteland, chapter 34 says. You don't have to turn there, I'll tell you about it. Owls, which are the imagery of evil omens, will populate the earth in mass. Deserts will become dry. Thorns will grow to make the land uninhabitable. Rivers will be turned to sulfur and the world will smell like eggs. <laughs> so much sadness and death. More of the same like it is in the first 40 chapters of Isaiah. And then suddenly, in Isaiah chapter 35, it's like a word out of place. It's something unexpected that happens in the first 40 chapters. It's as if the Deutero-Isaiah all of a sudden put a text in the middle of sadness. 
and says, no, 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 there is new life that is going to grow in the desert. The, the blind will be able to see. The, the deaf will be able to hear. Those who are without will suddenly be with. The text is a powerful poetic word of comfort for the mourning exiles who lost their temple, who lost their land, who lost their sovereignty, and lost their metaphoric body. The text acknowledges the toll of such suffering on their body, and it reclaims it. If we notice, strengthen weak hands, like it says in verse 3. Steady feeble knees, verse 3 again. Encourage a fearful heart, verse 4. Give sight to those with obscured vision, verse 5. Offer hearing to those with hindered hearing, verse 5. Broken bodies will leap. For joy, verse 6, and silent tongues will be given a platform, verse 6. The literary body constructed in Isaiah 35 has been utterly overwhelmed by despair and weariness from the previous 34 chapters. And all of a sudden there is this unexpected joy that is attached to each metamorphosized moment. Now many of us are reading this text and just wondering to ourselves, is this just an ableist text? Another uh, idealized version of exclusion and normality? Or is this text talking to a people in exile, inviting them toward a hope of liberation and inclusion for all bodies? Does this unexpected twist, does it teach us that while we wait, and waiting is hard, God is always at work? While we wait, while we wait to get a phone call from a friend with an unexpected message of reconciliation, while we wait to hear good news about a raise in our job, while we wait to hear whether or not we have cancer still, while we wait to hear if we're pregnant, uh, God is always at work. And we should expect the unexpected if we're followers of this faith. Did you catch it? Or are you like me and you miss it? Because everything is important. It's important to get gifts. It's important to watch a Christmas carol. It's important to make sure that I show up to the Christmas parties. It's important to hustle. It's important to get everything done. And when everything is important, seemingly nothing is important and we overlook it all. (laughs) Isn't that the way of capitalism? Most of us missed it because sometimes our heart, like mine, aren't prepared for the unexpected. 
Sometimes they're like desolate wastelands, so we can't see when unexpected things happen, when life is actually springing forth. Sometimes our collective hearts are so steeped in cynicism that we can't possibly believe that unexpected joy can actually happen this Advent season. Sometimes many of us can't imagine a great banquet like we see in Luke 14, the one that Ebenezer Scrooge throws where he tells little Timmy to get the best daggone turkey you can find and bring it back and start inviting all people to sit at this table. Sometimes we're so steeped in the darkness that we can't possibly see that there's a light being lit to guide our way. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you catch what I'm tossing down? You who have feeble knees, you who have weak hands, you who have had your voice removed by the principalities of empire, there is hope. There is hope through you in the unexpected moments. Empire will not thwart the heavenly banquet that is coming. And you, no matter what your situation is, no matter who you are, you get to participate. And I know for myself, I, I view the unexpected as another setback rather than an opportunity to pivot and to change our hearts. Allison said to repent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, I oftentimes miss the opportunity to turn to teshuva, as the Old Testament says in Hebrew. I miss it. I miss it. And many of us, we miss the unexpected because we don't allow the unexpected to be expected. I'm reminded of Walter Brueggemann, what um, he has to share about the unexpected. He says this, Israel's doxologies are characteristically against the data. We see and hear the data every night on the news and every morning on the front page of the paper. Add to that the data of our own lives, waiting for the test results from the doctor, mourning the death of a loved one, wondering if we'll make it through the next round of layoffs. We know the data all too well, and we long for a word that's out of place, a word like Isaiah 35. A word of hope. In Matthew 11, John the Baptist, he is imprisoned and catches wind of Jesus and all the miracles that Jesus is performing. And John, while in prison, sends his disciples to meet Jesus. And they say, I mean, you can't be the Messiah, right? You're not the one we've been waiting for, are you? Just tell us, and we'll go back to John and, and tell him that this is fake news, that, that you're not the real deal, because we were expecting you to carry a sword. <laughs> we were expecting you to raise an army up. We, we were expecting you to come in with, with troops and deliberate us from Roman occupation. We were expecting something, but what they weren't doing is expecting the unexpected. And so Jesus does something really interesting in Matthew 11. And we see it in verses 4 through 6. Jesus responded, go report to John what you hear and what you see. Are you in tune this Advent? Are you hearing and are you seeing? Those who were crippled are walking. 
People with skin diseased are cleansed. Those who are deaf now hear. Those who are dead are raised up. The poor have good news proclaimed to them. Happy, or in some translations, that's the CEB translation, the word here is blessed. This is a new beatitude that Jesus is offering in Matthew 11, Drew. Blessed are those who don't stumble and fall because of me. Blessed are those who don't stumble and fall because of me. Let me reframe what Jesus is saying, and I'm going to invite the band up here. Jesus is saying to make it more helpful, blessed are those that look for the unexpected. Blessed are those that don't miss out because they're expecting something different. Blessed are those that find their hope and peace before more war. Blessed are those that see the outsider and bring them inside. Blessed are those that have eyes to see and ears to hear the Advent message of joy today. Blessed are those that look for the unexpected. This Advent, I want to offer you three things to change our posture from cynicism to hopeful expectation. First, ask God to show you Isaiah 34. Where are the thorns in your life? Where's the overgrowth? Where are the rivers of sulfur? Where is there disease and chaos? Where, where is there perpetual darkness? What are you missing on? Where have you allowed the scales to cover your eyes and the weeds to choke out life? Maybe it's an assumption about a person's motives in your life. So you don't give them a chance. Maybe, maybe it's assuming the worst is going to happen when the in-laws come over for Christmas. Where are the thorns in your heart, on your heart? Maybe it's thinking that your voice doesn't matter to unmuting the voiceless. Where are the thorns in your life? Number two. Through the practice of identifying, I want to invite you into the practice of pruning. I want to invite you to begin to care well for the garden of your soul, if you will. How can you begin to pray and spend time with God and to get, engage in a daily order like the one that Drew made? How can you practice something that's going to change your heart and transform the, the way that your body is situated? Will you teshuva? Will you repent? Will you turn back? Number three, and finally, look in unexpected places for something holy. Be on the lookout. Notice, observe. Who or what are you overlooking because of your assumptions or cynicism? Is their life growing? where you thought there was just death? Is something holy happening in a place that you thought was something that was antithetical to holiness? Join me in prayer.
God, we, we come to you humbly, hoping to hear a word out of place, hoping to experience something different this Advent. Prepare our hearts, prepare our souls for the work that you're already doing and the work you're inviting us into. We love you, oh God, because of your way of doing something unexpected. In the name of the